was going to say, there are moments when he switched off, when he switched off there. But then he produces a shot like that. Outrageous, even by his Welcome to the podcast. My name's Ian. And my name's Tony, and this is Tennis Today, where we talk tennis today. Yes. So, yeah, I had a little bit of a uh, snafu earlier when we were recording. Um, we were attempting to put together a teaser uh, just to kind of release out there. We wanted to get ahead of Australian Open. We really wanted to talk about um, the draw and some of the storylines going into it. And, uh, you know, we're recording the teaser. We, we had it all planned out for ourselves. And lo and behold, I screwed it all up in our first ever podcast. <laughs> Uh, and didn't have Tony recorded at all. So Tony, I apologize. Nothing Turns out you. if you're a producer, you do not get seen or heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and also in recording that earlier, um, we realized that there were Australian open matches happening right now, uh, because it's Sunday there, Saturday here in California. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, I, that took me by surprise. I'm not used to, uh, you know, the Australian open starting as early Did they, is it because of the changes that the ATP and WTA made to the, the match times and when it gets cut off? Do you know? I would, I don't know. Cause I mean, you caught me by surprise too. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine it, it might be because I know that was, that's a, that's a great place to start. That's a new thing for, this year's AO, I don't know if the other slams have said they're going to do the same thing, but based off of the complaints from players pretty much all of last year about late start times and inadequate rest periods, um, I think it's a good thing, to be honest, for the tournament. Uh, it is weird that they're starting now, but uh, I mean, why not? It seems like there's going to be maybe more changes coming uh, within the year or coming soon with other things outside of tennis, but uh I don't know. I haven't heard official word, but I think that could be sort of an adjustment to, uh, you know, scheduling, basically. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it really all stems from, uh, uh, what was it, Murray and Kakanakis last year, that five-setter that was going till four in the morning or whatever. I mean, absolutely incredible match. Maybe uh, maybe even contender of match of the year in 2023. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Murray didn't shy away from his opinion on that, you know, and mm-hmm. he's, he's a, uh, you know, grizzled vet on the tour at this point. And I, I had, I imagine his voice carries in the room a little <laughs> bit more than others. So yeah, you know, I have to feel like this is a bit of a response to that. And, um, and I mean, the matches are just the, the competitive level of the ATP and the WTA. I mean, these matches are, are going longer. And I, I mean, I understand, I understand the financial side of it, right. Trying to, put as much onto the night sessions as possible and make them these marquee events. And it, it's always going to be tricky trying to time, um, trying to time some of that with the time zones and make sure you're capturing all the biggest audiences. But at the end of the day, it's like you, you, you want the product to be better, right? You don't want players mm-hmm. going out there playing till four thirty in the morning and then having to, you know, get two hours of sleep post press conference and, and be ready the next day. It's just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't produce, uh, sustainable yep. tennis. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's happening. And, you know, maybe the reason they're starting earlier is to kind of give themselves that flex space. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but yeah, I would, I would hope so. It makes sense. It seems like a fair, fair solution to that. And uh, yeah, it seems like, I mean, we've been following the tour for quite a while and it seems like just in the past 
year, two years, there's been a lot more when it comes to, like the players being more vocal about like, hey, this isn't right between start times, between hey, why are we changing balls every couple months? Like there's yeah. so that's why it feels like there's sort of uh maybe sort of gonna be a shift coming soon. And uh I mean the AO I think historically has been pretty good when it comes to you know, implementing new things or being a bit more progressive than other slams. Uh, yeah. So it's cool. I mean, I'm excited to see. We'll see how it plays out if we find a situation within the next week or so where, you know, you know what? Hey, sorry, guys, we can't start this match now and see how that carries into the next day or if there's rain delays or yeah. anything like that. I ha- I haven't checked the weather. Is there... I mean, I did hear a few things that it's going to be cooler, but I don't know if that means it's going to be rain or... Don't know, because yeah. that's sometimes going to really affect the tournament. No, I know. Actually, I haven't I haven't looked. I, I feel like I'm in more of a habit of looking at weather when we're talking about Wimbledon or <laughs> when we're talking about um, the U.S. Open, because, I mean, this past U.S. Open, they were dealing with such intense humidity and heat <laughs> yes. and everything. And in California, we don't really check the weather that often. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. That's no, true. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked at that at all for Australian Open. And, yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Murray speaking out about the long matches, um, you know, he's, he's obviously a great example of a, of a vet that, that kind of goes out of his way to, to speak his, his voice and opinion. But yes. I feel like that's one of the reasons I, I personally love the younger generation. I'm, like, so excited about some of these younger guys. Um, you know, even some of the, uh, the the first next gen, the people that were supposed to really contend with the Djokovic and Nadal, like Taylor Fritz, right? Mm-hmm. What I love about the younger generation is these, you know, these players are um, not afraid to, 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 you know, speak out against particular things on the tour. And this is also on the WTA side. I think of Rabakana. She's, she's talked about where <laughs> she's been scheduled post Wimbledon when, you know, being put on court 17 and all that. Yeah. So I, I really, it's one of the things I really like about the younger generation is that they're a little bit more vocal about what they, what they want out of the tour and what they want from the ATP and WTA and, you know, good on, yeah. good on AO for, for making some of those changes and, you know, starting to talk about um, uh, the ATP and, 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 changing the tennis balls from tournament to tournament. It's great to hear that they're starting to look into that after all the players have been complaining. So mm-hmm. update on the weather. I just looked it up. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. rain on the forecast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, great. <laughs> not awesome. sure exactly how much, uh, but Monday, 61% humidity, Tuesday, 55 Wednesday looks like thunderstorms with 17 mile an hour wind. Oh, so, okay. uh, well, could be a problem. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to pop on and just, you know, we're, we're kind of winging it when, and I feel like one of the reasons we agreed, like, let's just do it. Let's, let's hop on here. Let's start talking is, you know, we got the matches going. Uh, we really wanted to talk about some of the first round matches. I feel like historically the first round of the tournaments have just gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. And people's knowledge of the, of, uh, you know, some of the top talent and people even, you know, further back in the rankings like you're looking at some of these and you have players that aren't seated that you know are quality players i'm thinking of uh you know a dominic team or naomi osaka players that are coming back from injury stuff like that um mm-hmm. these first round matches at the grand slams have just gotten i mean the draw has become such an event seeing <laughs> you know uh two two top tier players in the first round is just so much bang for your buck especially if you're going to the tournament so 
Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, let's dive into some of the first round matches. I mean, they're happening right now. Nothing, nothing crazy. I, I don't know if you're taking a look at the, the scores. It didn't look like there was any upsets or anything yet. I saw so sinners far. Through. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. The only, the only one we, before we went live is just Marin Cilic has lost, uh, first round four sets. And it's kind of like, you know, he's been on decline, but he was in a, I think we said a slam semifinal two years ago and is a former grand slam winner. So that's. You know, not major news, but it is something. That's the biggest match, or the biggest loss, I would say, so far. But as I'm scrolling through the top half of the draw, uh, the first match, which I guess technically would be upset alert, is uh, Adrian Manorino, who's the 20th mm. seed against Stan Wawrinka, who, yeah. I don't know, that's just kind of like a toss-up. It's an interesting matchup. You have lefty versus one-hand backhand. You have just... I mean, Manorino's take back is like to here and then goes through. It's just a very, very interesting matchup. Um, I think it could go either way. Um, Stan looks pretty good. He looks solid. I mean, it was he had a scary moment towards the end of the year with the ankle injury. Um, but that's the first one. Just looking through the top of the draw, it's like, all right, I'm in. I'm in on that. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. I, you know. I- I like Manorino and I don't really, I don't even think I can really articulate why I like him so much. <laughs> I think, I think I can, I really appreciate people that are the players in the tour that are just kind of grinders. You know, they, um, they don't have the flashiest, you know, set of tools and, and they're just always there. They're always hanging around. And you know that they're always dangerous. And to me, Manorino has always been one of them. And I know like a lot of people talk about how, um, you know, unique his game is, and he's stringing his racket at, well, it's in the, like, low 30s, right? What, what is it? 30? 30, like, kilograms, like. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 sorry. It's in the low 30 pounds. It's, like, yes, in the yeah, teens yeah, yeah. when it comes to kilos. But, yes, yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, just nuts. I know, you know, we were talking about this earlier today. Um, you know, the Bryan brothers from, from, from right here in uh, in California, you know, there, there are players as well that were like big advocates for the, I think they strung it like 36 or 37 with their Babolats. And um, Crazy. yeah, it's just nuts. And he's such an, Manorino is such an interesting player and like such a funny, you know, an interesting path to being the 20 seed here. Just like cleaning up ATP 250s just in silence. <laughs> and, you know, yes. he's just, he's a grinder. I, I, I appreciate yes. that. And, uh, you know, and he has he has a little bit of fun on court too. He'll he'll pop out the occasional tweener and um, yeah. you know occasionally bash himself in the head with a racket. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was last week. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah. Yuzni vibes. Yeah, Yuzni. Yeah, yeah I, I, when I think of uh, masochism on the court, um, <laughs> usually like Rublev comes to mind. I yep. haven't really seen that side of Manorino before. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean that's a good match. I agree with you. That's definitely one that I have my eyes on, uh, and and I will never not take the moment to just appreciate Stan Wawrinka. I uh, he had the uh, post match interview um, when he was in the he was in a final. Maybe it was in Switzerland in twenty twenty three. I just his post match interview was just so incredible. You can just tell how much he cares about the sport and in his interview he's just you know profusely thanking the fans and talking about the sport of tennis and i think one of the questions that was posed to him was like you know you're you're a veteran out here um what what keeps you going and 
he just talked about the love for competition. He talked about the love for, you know, just being out there and continuing to work on his craft and, and the fan mm-hmm. support and everything. He just, he just comes off as somebody so genuinely in love with the sport and respect for the sport that mm-hmm. I never, I'll never not cheer for him. Um, so yeah, I, I got my eyes on that match to totally agree with you. I think, mm-hmm. I think Stan could, could, and maybe should pull off the upset there. I don't know. I think on, he on should. A hard court, I think he should. <clears throat> I think he should too. Uh, former AO winner. I can't remember. Did he, cause I know, I know there's a U.S. Open. I know there's a French. Did he ever win an AO? I don't remember. I think he's got three slams to his name. And I let me see. Two of them were from French Open. Yeah, Let's you'll have to see. check us because we can't be wrong on our first podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, four Grand Slam finals in his career, winning three, 2014 Australian Open, 2015 go. French, and 2016 U.S. Open. Yeah. Dang, so he's just missing okay. Wimbledon. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah whoa, right. I forgot about the AO one. Like, to be honest, I wasn't sure about that. Um, wow. Well, yeah, definitely. And actually what's interesting is to – I, I don't want to call them newer tennis fans, but there's been a huge influx of tennis fans pa- post-pandemic. Some might not even know, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they know Stan Wawrinka, yeah. but they might not remember, like, you know, okay, yeah. this guy was basically get him yeah. in a Grand Slam final and he's not going to lose, like. Well, I, not yeah, and not to, like, go off on a tangent here and, like, start reminiscing about the past, but I've always loved the conversation of, like, you have your Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, and always referred to as the big three. And mm-hmm. I've always loved the conversation of if there was a fourth, who's that fourth, or whose career, Ooh. whose career has always been, you know, kind of in the uh, in the shadows of the big three, but they could have been the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't want to go down this path today. Maybe we do this in another episode. <laughs> Man, Mur- episode Murray, one. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, we're 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 digging deep already. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've always, uh, I think I've always put the fourth and referred to the big four, including Andy Murray. When you consider how many finals and how many matches he lost in semifinals to the big three, but stands mm-hmm. in that conversation. Yeah, he's just, I he's, agree. he's an incredible. I think he's, you know, an easy, e- easily slotted in there as the fourth or fifth of, you know, maybe the past twenty years of tennis. So I agree. Yeah. And speaking of Murray, I'll throw another match in here from the first round. I'm looking forward to uh, Murray's playing uh, Echeverry. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. Argentinians are all over the draw this past <laughs> year. And there's so many quality players. Um, but Murray's another one, um, you know, that we're maybe going back, you know, a few years and living our, our glory days. But, uh Andy Murray, somebody I'll always watch, and uh, I got my eyes on that match. So that's another first-round match in the uh, top half of the bracket that I got my eyes on. Yeah, and I mean, obviously he's still technically an underdog in this matchup, but like at least it's not like Dominic Team in the first, which it feels like every time it was something like that, Andy Murray versus Berrettini in the first round. I think that's exactly what it was last year, which was kind of like, oh my God. So yeah. I agree. It feels like, all right, maybe he's got a shot here. Um, yeah. He, you know, there, I think, who was it? Tim, Hen- Tim Henman put it out there of like, oh, you know, he might retire. And yeah, Andy took it in good spirits. It seems like, you know, we're going to, he just seems to be kind of like what you said about Stan. I'm just happy to keep grinding and put in the work and really appreciate what he's doing after, you know, just grateful for being healthy and being able to compete. So 
Love that. And like you said, produce one of the best matches of last year yeah. at this tournament, probably. So oh, yeah. always got to watch Andy. For sure. Uh, yeah, what else? So we're, 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 in the, we're in the men's draw. We're in the first round here. We're looking at the, uh, the uh, bracket. Uh, what other matches do you have circled for you know, today and tomorrow for the first round? I'm going through, I mean, to shout out Andy again, if he gets through, there is a potential of him playing uh, Gael Monfils in the second round, which could be a fun one. Uh, I'm here at it now. Francis Tiafo and Borna Koric. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Koric, you know, obviously the peak of his career was uh, was winning that Cincinnati Masters uh, 1000 event. And... Um, you know, he hung around in some tournaments and he, he you know, he mm-hmm. had the favor of a higher seed. Um, I think it could be a challenge for Tiafo. Um, definitely one that I want to watch. Uh, but yep. I, you know, I, I, I'm a big, big foe fan and I think he still comes through on that one. Yeah, I agree. It just, whenever you see Gorge, it's just like, oh man, he's dangerous. You never know when he's going to find that like week where mm-hmm. he just kind of puts it together and it's just like, all right, he's elite. Um, but yeah, that's another one excited to watch. Then, uh, I kept scrolling down, uh, Milos Rayonich and Let's Alex Demonauer. Yes. That's going to be good. I can't wait. Hometown <laughs> hero, Demon, high, mm-hmm. uh, first Australian ranked in the top 10 since Leighton Hewitt. Love mm-hmm. that. I, I, the Australian players always play so well at the AO too. So that's yeah. fun. I, you know, I appreciate uh, Raonic and, and his comeback after taking a few years off. Um, he's looked good. I mean, he, you know, for, yeah. for how much time he, he took off, he's looked good. Um, but yeah, Demon is just so scrappy and that's going to yeah. be a great match. And I actually, I'll, I'll go one step further with this one. Okay. I don't know who gets through. Well, I'm, I'm calling Demon just because he's, he's the hot hand right now. But I'm mm-hmm. looking to the second round against Arnaldi. I got to see mm-hmm. Arnaldi play... Uh, he is one of the fastest risers at the end of last year and has really mm-hmm. impressed me. Um, I got to see him play Kakanakis in Indian Wells. Um, I know you oh, and I wow. both go every mm-hmm. year to that. And I got to see him in the qualifying round, and I hadn't heard of him at the time. And I was like, oh, you know, who's this kid? He's, um, you know, he's, he's sporting Lecoq Sportif. I was like, that, you know, that's cool. You don't oh, see too many I was at that match. That. Okay, Holy so yeah, that's <laughs> I was at <laughs> that match. Of course match. you were. Of course yes. you were. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> And he looked good, and, it, and he was mm-hmm. pushing Kakanakis around, and I was like, okay, maybe this is somebody to pay attention to. So I was really uh, – I was happy to see how well he was doing at the end of the year, having watched him. And, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're, like, you're watching a player for the first time, and you're trying to gauge, like, are they good, right? I haven't heard of Arnaldi. Is this guy really yeah. that good? Or is it just, you know, maybe he's just hitting this match. He's just really got this or Kakanakis is having a bad match or something. But I I left that match having the impression of like, okay, he might be somebody to watch. And, um, you know, again, smaller, scrappy player. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think him and Demon have a really similar game. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. one could be a fun baseline, fast paced match. So um, pulling for Demon there. Would love to see him play Arnaldi because I see Arnaldi through in straight sets. So yeah, yeah one of the early results oh man that's funny i was i, I can't believe we were at the same <laughs> yeah well how, how were you surprised we're texting each well, other all the that's time true. And, yeah, doing that, you know. that's so funny but when you said lacoste yeah. sportif i was like oh shit i was there i remember yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. like uh at one point coconacus fired a ball out of the stadium like <laughs> yes <laughs> that was yes, tight yeah that was right. a tight yes, match yes, yes. also 
Tony, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've said what do we got? our first swear word on the pod. So Oh, I didn't even think about that. No, it's okay. Now I Oops. have to check the box for explicit content. So <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> you got it. You heard it here first. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't have an award or anything ready for that, but uh, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oops. Uh, yeah, all good. Scrolling through. Uh, oh, there's currently a match in the fifth set. Uh Kota versus Rinder, Rindercheck. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, he's, he's produced a couple of good matches. I, I'll be honest, haven't watched a ton no, of them. No, unfamiliar with both, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going through. Uh, that uh, Runa and Nishioka could be interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Nishioka, he he's produced some surprising results. I know he's toppled a few bigger players. He um, has. He's tricky. He does kind. Of, he, he does kind of seem to plateau. Um, really likable guy. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't see him being Runa. But uh, no, it could be. It could be fun. But you know, I I agree. Runa should get through there. Yeah. I mean, there's a few. There's a there's a there's a bunch of really quality matches here. I mean, you got mm-hmm. Arthur Fees playing Vasily. You've got yes. Sefulin playing Greek Spore. Um, yes, that's fun. I feel like the one that's standing out the most, as we kind of take a look at the bottom of the bracket, a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got Felix Auger Eliasim playing Dominic Team. Wow. You know, wow. Where Who do you, you go got with there? That? Yeah. Damn. You know, team who's struggled to find his form pre-wrist surgery and Felix who I mean mm. last year was a nightmare let's just yeah. like let's just lay it out there I think a lot of yeah. people were calling for him to part ways with Nadal as uh you know Tony Nadal as his coach are they He's still seen... together uh I don't yeah, know I, think, I've, I, I've I haven't heard any I feel like it would have been news if they broke up because I didn't hear yeah, anything. Damn. I, I think a, a lot of people were were kind of pointing to that as the turning point when you know he was, you know, potential Grand Slam final contender, and yep. um, and a couple of those uh, his best results happened in the first. I think it was U.S. The first he. Uh, he brought on Tony Nadal, and he had a really good result at the U.S. Open, and then he carried it into the following year. Following year, mm-hmm. the Australian Open, I believe. And then it's just been downhill from there. He continues to get knocked. Yeah. I mean, last year just getting knocked out in the first round of almost every Grand Slam. I think three out of four of them or something. Yeah. And uh, so that one, like, yeah, where do you go with that? I mean, team who you know can't seem to get fully back to where he was, but still. Yeah, phenomenal player. Looked or... good against Rafa for a set. Look, yeah, looked right. pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Takes, that, that takes me back to uh, to Nadal and and team playing and uh, at at their peak at uh, the U.S. Open, just absolute mm-hmm. barn burner of a five set mm-hmm. match again, classic. Um, yeah, I don't know who comes through there. Definitely keeping an eye on that. And the next. The next one that jumps off the screen at me is probably Berrettini and Tsitsipas. Um, yeah. Yeah. First round match, really good. I mean, not too long ago, those are two top 10 players, you know? For sure. That's a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Easy. Like, yeah, right, right. Yep. Uh, usually big servers, or historically big servers can give Steph some trouble if they can, you know, get him to slice the backhand off the return, uh, but don't know... I. I can't remember the last team I saw Berrettini play um, mid to last, mid to late last year. Mm-hmm. And I know he was scheduled to play a warm up event 
this season it might have been uh, Adelaide or something like this, but I think he pulled out. So it's kind of like, oh man, is he healthy? Are you ready? Or what's you know what's going on? Netflix um, curse. Dude, and I mean, well that, and then when you mentioned Tony Nadal, I think he was a big loser of of the of the first season of Netflix because like that was not a good look. Um, yeah. yeah, man, definitely. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think kind of like Rayonich, it's like when, when you have a weapon like that, a big, like a serve like that, you're going to hang around in a set or two. So you never know what can happen. Um, I saw there was, there was rumors of like, uh, Steph was toying with the strings. He was playing with the red mm-hmm. strings. I don't know if you saw that, no, uh, de- debunked, I guess. Apparently he was just playing with his brother's racket who was trying a different string. Um, but that's, you know, cause Steph is another one kind of like Felix where it's like, well, Steph made a slam final last year. He made the AO final last year, and it's like, okay, great. And then kind of had a so-so rest of the year. So, don't know. Yeah, you know, poor poor Steph. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like he sometimes the draw opens up for him, and you're like, wow, this is is his opportunity, right? He's got Mm -hmm. a window here. Um, and it seems to be when he, he can't, he can't figure it out, you know, and, and and kind of falls out with the rest of the group. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a potential for a great first round. Um, I think maybe some of the draws from last year and in the past felt like they had a little bit more firepower. Um, but, but there's always those matches that surprise you. I know there's matches that we didn't mention. I'm sure, you know, they're going to, there'll be some five setters and some really good ones and, There'll be players yeah. that come out of it that, you know, to keep an eye on. But um, oh, otherwise, yeah. you, those are some great ones. You can count on Martin, Martin, Marcin Fuksovic going five sets and ripping yeah. his shirt off. And like, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> anything like that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what a way to kick off 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, well, let's dive into the WTA side of things. Um, yes. I got a few matches I'm really excited about. And I think the obvious one is at the top of the bracket you've got egos via tech playing sophia wow. Kennan. yeah amazing i mean bad draw for Kennan. i feel bad because she did so well she was starting to come back towards the end of last year and start to look like the sophia Kennan. um you know as a teenager i think she was 19 when she uh uh won the u.s open no that um... she i think it was a um AO, okay. I think okay. I think it was AO. I'm gonna, Let's I'm gonna, see. I'm gonna check myself here. Um, but either way, yeah, I mean, she's 2020. Somebody, yep. AO, yeah. Okay. Also a go. finalist at the 2020 French Open. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, somebody that kind of faded away. I know there was uh, a lot of talks of her struggles and and trying to you know break back into the scene. And I, we saw that last year she was playing really really well. So. Um, you know, a bit of a bummer for her, not the, definitely um, no, that's a tough, the worst draw. <laughs> I agree. And she really, you're right, she put it together. I was in uh, San Diego uh, covering that tournament as media, luckily. Um, uh, got to talk to her, and she was just kind of dialed in, focused. She made the final there and then followed it up with, I believe, a semifinal at, a without, at the 1000 event in Guadalajara. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was just kind of like, all right, you know, I'm, I've been working hard to get here and now I'm here. And yeah, it's, it feels like, it, you know, building ranking points leading into a slam and then you get, you get Iga and that's, yeah, that's tough. tough. <laughs> that's, that's tough because Iga, uh, she looks great. <laughs> yeah. United Cup, she looks, 
she looks like she's in full stride again. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I love Iga. I think she probably pulls through in that one. She's just too strong of a player. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, she's somebody that like uh, so consistent. And I'm so glad that she's getting the respect that she deserves because when she won her first Grand Slam title at the French Open, I believe that was 2020 um, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and. It, she, there was there was a lot of conversation about it being a flash in, a pan, in the pan. You know, is, is she somebody that could contend in, in other titles? Can she contend yep. on other surfaces other than um, the clay? And I think a lot of people want her to prove that she was somebody who really belonged at the top of the game. And, you know, you had um, Ash Barty retiring early and kind of, you know, uh, handing the number one uh, yeah. ranking over to Iga. And then she backed it up with what, what 37 and O and <laughs> proved that she deserved yeah. the number one in the world. And I, I love that. I had been an Iga supporter uh, for, for years leading up to that and saying, Hey, you know, you got all these players, all these young teenage players, you had the Coco Goffs who were coming into the world and there was all this attention being paid to the accomplishments of these mm-hmm. um, amazing uh, teenage players. Uh, female players yeah. and I was the one kind of saying yes agree totally but Iga to me was never getting the credit that she deserved for what she had accomplished for her age as well because she's she's in that mix she's that generation as well she's people tend to forget yeah super young super super yep. young so I think she pulls through there um yeah and uh yeah tough draw for Kenan though <laughs> yeah 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 um I I'm just going at the draw that the one right below that Danielle Collins uh, mm. versus Curver. That's yeah. uh, yeah. those are Fire. two very dangerous players. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. also bad luck getting each other in the first round, and whoever wins that gets Iga in the next round. That's yeah. uh, that's a packed foursome there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that one going down. A couple other ones that I had written down here. Um, I'm, I'm paying attention to Radicanu's comeback. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she received, uh, a lot of, a lot of criticism for, for how her game had fallen off after the U S open. Um, you know, her, her win there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we found out how many injuries she was dealing with and, you know, she was owed every apology in the world from all of the, her, her critics. And, for um, sure. Good to see that she's back out there and healthy. She seems to be having a good time. Uh, but she drew Shelby Rogers, who mm. is kind of like the Daniel Collins type of player. How like, yeah. they're they're always good for a couple very strong <laughs> matches, and they'll put up a fight against um, some really top tier players. Yep. Not sure where Radicanu is going to be at in terms of her, um, you know, her comeback here and how comfortable she's going to feel on the court again. Uh, but yeah. Shelby Rogers is always a little dangerous and always good for a few strong matches. So that's that's one that I'm looking at. Oh, for um, sure. And there's a couple other ones, but I'm I'm curious for you if there's um, any others that jumped out. Yeah, um, uh, Lena Rybakina and Pliskova. Yeah, Pliskova yeah. looked really good against Osaka. Like what was it last week? They played this like three setter that was just separated by like a couple games here and there. If a tiebreak was in the mix, so. Um, Lena should be fine, but Pliskova is just dangerous. Like if she's course, serving yeah. great, like that, yeah. that'll maybe not a lot of extended rallies in that match, but um, still don't know. Um, I don't think I saw Lena play a, a lead in match. Maybe, maybe she did and I missed it, but that's just something that could, could have some fireworks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I, yeah, agree with you there. I, I mm-hmm. was taking a look at that one. Pliskova is always dangerous. A lot of experience there. Um, Rabakina kind of put her in the same category as as Iga. You know, somebody who's just so so strong and so consistent. Um, yep. We saw her, you know, reach the finals here last year. So, um, you know, that that could be a great match. Uh, yep. Pulling for for Rabakina, um, you know, and hope that one ends up being a pretty good one. Uh, another one, and speaking of comebacks, talking about Radakanu, um, you know, mm-hmm. we got Naomi Osaka back on tour, and everybody's super excited to see what she's able to put together on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately for her, she draws Caro Garcia, which uh, one of the strongest uh, hard court players on the women's tour. That mm-hmm. is a fantastic match. It is a great yep. test for Osaka, who's had incredible performances on hard court. That's going to be one that I think we're really going to be able to see where is Osaka's game at when you put yep. her up against a player like a Garcia. And Garcia had a tough end of the year last year. Uh, I know she was dealing with some personal issues and, um, and was dealing with injuries as well and wasn't thrilled with how the year ended for her. Um, but we mm-hmm. know who she is. She, she made her way up into the top five in the world. Um, and I, I can't wait for that match. I think that's going to be a really, really fun first-round match. Um, regardless yeah. of who comes out, you know, it's somebody that I'm definitely going to be kind of supporting through the rest of the tour. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Osaka looked good. Watched her matches. Uh, you know, it's kind of also kind of a player where it's like, don't know what to expect. I mean, obviously, it's like, all right, she she wants to be out there because nobody, you know, she took such a long break after having a baby and, you know, the personal issues. So it's like, all right. And she even posted like even after the pretty tough loss, I would say, against Pliskova. She said, yeah. hey, that was that was fun, actually. She said, not going to lie, that was fun. It's like, okay, that's that's kind of nice to hear. Um, yeah. So well, I think that's I, good for tennis. I think so, too. And, you know, on her break from the sport, um, good for her. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm always going to be an advocate for uh, – I, I think you see this a lot with the younger generation of players, too, who are willing to talk about some of the mental struggles that they're going through. And instead of always just kind of putting on this ironclad, um, you know, mentally tough, I'm out there and, you know, I'm, I'm a professional athlete, this is what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. good, for, good for this younger generation of players that are willing to talk about some of the mental struggles that they're going through and, and, and needing to take a break, a break from uh, what they're doing every once in a while. And I think if that could give her some clarity into, um, you know, what the sport means to her and, and, and how she wants to approach the game, um, I think that could, you know, I think that could help her in her game ultimately. And look at all the look at all the, the players that have stepped away. And, and um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Azarenka, for instance, you know, mothers mm-hmm. that have rejoined the tour and. Uh, you know, Svitolina is another great example. Wozniacki. Wozniacki. Mm-hmm. They're playing. They're just playing for something more now. They mm-hmm. have something to prove, and they are. There's so much tenacity, and it's such an incredible accomplishment to take that time off from the tour and come back out. And maybe if Osaka can kind of tap into the same thing that those those other uh, mothers on the tour have tapped into, I mean, who knows? I mean, we know at yeah. the time, um, at the peak of her game. We're, we're saying, wow, this is the clear-cut number one tennis player in the world, and she's so yeah. young. Who knows what she could accomplish, how many more of these she could win. So, yeah, um, yeah good for her for taking the time off. I hope, I hope that it allows her to come back and enjoy tennis the way that she wants to enjoy it, and, and hopefully that comes out in her game too. So, Yeah, and just off the court, I forget the potential for just being like a mega star. You know, we talk about Iga being yeah. the top player and getting recognition on my 
earlier tonight, I was just kind of scrolling through Instagram and, um, you know, how you do collab posts. It was a collab yeah. post with like Instagram and Naomi Osaka. And I was like, yeah. when have you ever seen a tennis player get featured right. on the Instagram page? And it's yeah. just like the comeback. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this yeah. young generation there, there's so many players that, um, you know, I hate to use the word marketable because it just it sounds a little bit like, you know, kind of using their 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 image and their name. But right. um, they just appeal to a different audience. And um, it's, it's amazing to see tennis transcending what you're seeing on court. I don't know that we always saw that. I think tennis, one of the problems that the the ATP and tennis has had is um, they've, they've always struggled a little bit with how to market to different audiences or how to appeal to a younger audience. And um, they're getting out there a little bit more, but really it's the players. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the players, it's their personality. It's this younger generation of players that are uh, willing to open up a little bit more. And that's not a knock on some of the other generations of players who, who didn't really let you in as much, but um, you just have so much, it's different. You have so much exposure yep. to them now with Instagram and social media. And, um, you know, it's almost impossible for them to avoid the limelight. So I yeah. love, um, I love the players that are opening up to all of us and, you know, and I'm loving seeing, yeah, Naomi Osaka and Coco Goff getting these just crazy deals and you're seeing them in commercials, you're seeing them everywhere. And I think mm-hmm. that's great for the sport, um, you know, and happy for them too, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's any other matches, but that might be an interesting moment to uh, transition. Uh, Netflix, just yeah. opening up to a broader audience, basically. And I feel like, uh, I don't know where that decision comes from, from ATP, WTA. Like, all right, we're going to open ourselves up, you know, to mass audience and put our, yeah. put our stuff on Netflix. Um, whether it was good or not good, I don't know. That's up for debate, but that was... Yeah. Um, that was a decision that was made and something that I was really excited about just in general, because regardless I'm watching the tour, I'm keeping track of everything, but for someone like my wife or just people out in the grocery store, students of mine of just like, Hey, that are casually maybe like, cause tennis is kind of a hard thing to follow. I mean, it's uh, locally for me, it's 1033. And if I'm going to watch every match that's played tonight, I'll be up till three in the morning, basically. Um, not too many casual people are just going to pop on and be like, Oh, let, let's see what, you know, Australian opens on. Let me see what's going on. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, Breakpoint was an attempt to do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know where you want to start with that. Cause that's a whole, it's a whole can of worms. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? You know, I, we want to get this episode out there cause we want to talk to everybody okay. and, and kind of chat about, you know, this first round and going into Australian open. I mean, we're, we're mm-hmm. at day one here. Um, I feel like the the breakpoint conversation we can um, we can come back to right. We've it's its own thing. Know, yeah, it's a I know, whole can. I know, I know that you got your opinions <laughs> and stuff you want to say, and I've got stuff yeah. I want to say. Um, but we got you know uh, endless amount of episodes to record. So sure, um, fair I enough. Think maybe we tap into that episode two and uh, and bring okay. that to everybody here. Uh, Let that be your we... teaser, listener. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. that's tuning in um you know we didn't really plan on launching this first episode so soon but we wanted to get it out there for you guys uh before the australian open really got going here um really exciting things to come tony and i have been talking the last few days about what this is going to look like um you know tony you want to share some of the ideas that we've had for the pod and some other stuff that we plan on going into in the future 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, not to box ourselves into anything, but a, a little bit of everything, having some guests on, covering, obviously, episodes like this, we're, we're digging deep into the draw, or, you know, obviously the follow-up episodes of like, oh, this is, this is what's going on, maybe covering some stories that are off the beaten path, like, if you didn't know, Elaine Ostapenko has a banking page, and it's actually <laughs> pretty cool, um, things like that, um, just tennis news, and things that if you've followed us on, on Instagram, that we've, you know, been, co- nothing too new if you've been following our Instagram, things that we've been talking about on our stories for, the past two to three years but obviously on this platform we can get much more in depth which is kind of really cool and interesting and just this dynamic of it being sort of a a collab because this is sort of a conversation you and I have been having about tennis for the past two and a half three years that now we just kind of get to share with everyone and that's uh that's really cool and I'm really excited for it yeah I'm excited too um we're definitely definitely going to announce uh, ways that you all can get engaged with us. Um, you know, a lot of great ideas that we're tossing around and uh, excited to see the shape that this all uh, takes on. And um, yeah, I feel like this is a success for the first episode. A lot to talk about. I'm sure you're dying to get to the TV screen and watch the matches. I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though it's 11 o'clock at night here. <laughs> yeah, we're just hitting our stride. That's right. Yeah, go, <laughs> go pour a cup of coffee, watch some matches, stay up for a little bit. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for the support. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of people who have asked for, for something like this. Um, you know, we talk about the tour a lot on our Instagram pages and, uh, really this is just a way for Tony and I to kind of extend that. So, uh, more to come. Can't wait to talk about Breakpoint with you. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, probably leave here and start texting about the matches. <laughs> yeah. All right. all right. Sounds good. See you everyone. All right. See ya.